Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. You may remember a while back, uh, uh, we got some really nice uh, uh, coverage on this, actually, both in terms of our own Western New York Catholic, but also in terms of some of the the secular media. Um, St. John Gualbert has a a diocesan shrine with um, many, many relics, and we're going to talk about relics today with uh, the man who um, actually donated his collection to St. John Gualbert. That would be the the pastor there, who is Father Michael Brzezinski. Father Mike, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. It's been a long time. Um, I, I, now, people, it's been a long time for me. People might remember seeing you uh, with Father Paul Seil, though, more recently yes. than that. An award-winning performance, I understand. That's what I'm told. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> what was the, was, was this the topic of that yes, show was, as well? Yes, it was, as a yeah. matter of fact. And Paul made Asobuco. Oh, I love Asabuco. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much like anything that Father Paul Sile cooks. So it's, uh, uh, I always like getting an invite to that mm-hmm. show or that shoot. You want me oh. to pull some cables for you that day? That'd be great because you know there's going to be. Always good to have get a classmate like him. Yep, going to be good food. You know that. Uh, now, Father, you are also the pastor of St. John Canty, right? Which yes. means that you, you actually have several kind of churches under your wing presently. Yes, I do. Yeah, St. John Canty, St. Delbert's. And I'm the territorial pastor for St. Luke's Mission of Mercy. Okay. Um, yeah, that kind of covers the bases over there on the east Most side of, of Buffalo. Most of the east side. Pretty close. Yep, yep. Except for uh, our friends, the Franciscans, on mm-hmm. the, you know, up the other way a little bit. Um, so let's talk about the um, – the, uh, is it fair to refer to this as a reliquary? Uh, well, I was – a reliquarium. Okay. Because it's a collection of relics. Okay, very good. Um, It's a Latin (laughs) phrase. Well, that's kind of where I want to start because um, relic is a term we use for many different things in our society and Mm -hmm. culture, right? When we talk about relics in our Catholic faith, what are we talking about? Well, relics are elements of the saints. They're either part of their body, a first-class relic, something they used in life or touched in life, which is a second-class relic. And a third-class is something touched to a first-class. So that be, that's the, of the, the relics of the collection at St. John Walbert's are mostly first wow. and a few second. I don't go down to the third class. <laughs> okay, then. Um, I, now, uh, just so people have a point of reference, and, and by the way, if people were interested in seeing your reliquarium, as you put it, your collection um, uh, at the parish now, how are they able to go do that? Yes, they are. Okay. They, they are visible in the church at the side altar, 
that is gated now, but they can walk up to it and take a close look that way during the before and after Masses, which are 8 and 9 in the morning, weekdays, and weekends. We have 4 o'clock on Saturday and 9, 10.30, and 12 on Sunday. And people are always invited and to look at things. And if they ask me, I'll try to point it out to them if I can. Full service. There are 1,300 relics in the collection. Oh, my gosh. And it's hard to keep track of them all. I imagine. I would think it is, yes. I I would think keeping track of 100 would be difficult Mm -hmm. enough. So (laughs) 1,300, a little bit of a different. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, uh, Where's the church located for our listeners? Gualbert Avenue, which is at the corner of Dote Street. Near, it's in the Villa Maria section. It's in located in Chitawaga, between Villa and the Galleria. Okay, yeah, well, not too far from the city then. No, down there, so you're near the city it's line, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, our guest today, Father Michael Brzezinski, we're talking about um, a collection of relics that are, are at uh, Saint John Gualbert Church, where he is pastor and. Uh, the the real impetus for for doing this particular program uh, now, um, I, I remember when you know you made the donation and you, we kind of set that up in the church. Um, I was very disappointed because I had a whole bunch of other shows booked already, so I never got around to having you in like the TV folks and the and the Western New York Catholic did. But now I'm kind of glad because it gives us an opportunity to talk about a series of masses that you're having that are related to this collection of relics. The first one is really just a a week or so, about 10 days from now, on October 24th. Um, each of these masses, I understand, is going to be dedicated to a particular saint yes. in honor of a particular saint. Uh, might be perhaps a little more correct in the language. But um, I'm assuming then that there are one or more relics of each of these saints in the collection. Oh, yes. Okay, and people then. are going to be able to venerate the relic of that saint. Um, so, and the first one being John Newman, um, yes. which uh, we have talked about John Newman on this program because there was a significant anniversary, you know, um, um, mm-hmm. recently for uh, uh, for Saint John Newman, and um, uh, really uh, instrumental figure in the Diocese of Buffalo. Oh, absolutely! He's my what I would say my special patron. Okay, the first relic I received was Saint John Newman. I went to St. John Newman High School. Oh. I was pastor of St. Mary of the Cataract, which was founded by St. John Newman. As an associate before that, I was at St. John's in Kenmore, which was another John Newman church. Uh, you were hitting all the bases, so yes. So I know him quite well. Uh, um, what's the, for you, personally... Um, besides this kind of connection that seems to have followed you throughout your priesthood, is there is there maybe a more personal connection for you with Newman? Well, the idea that he was a missionary to the people around him, that he connected 
made the uh, Brett Catholicism into Western New York, despite a lot of difficulties, he worked whatever was best for him and is a good example right now in terms of uh, his mission. Now things are, I'm pastor of four worship sites, and Newman was had probably a hundred between Buffalo and, and Rochester. Uh, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a fascinating story, just his connection. And if you follow his entire life, even more fascinating. But just, as you mentioned here, between Buffalo and Rochester and covering the distance between all of those places, depending on which story you believe, and on foot or a horse. Uh, mostly on foot, I believe. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. And I remember – The horse story is a good one though. Yes. It's a good story. <laughs> I used to be pastor of St. Mary of the Cataract in Niagara Falls also known as St. Mary of the Casino. <laughs> That's true. Right next door. And I know one what of the... What better place for a church? And one of the um, moments there, Newman collapsed going from one place to another. Wow. And the Senecas picked him up and brought him back to St. Mary's. And I remember relating this story to one of the chief honchos of the Senecas, and they said, we have a spiritual connection because of that. My predecessor and his predecessor were connected, so we had very good relations with the Senecas and the church. It points to the kind of saintly person that John Newman was, Yes, oh, indeed. I'm Greg Prince. Thank you for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. We are talking about relics, and we are talking about very specific relics. And by relics, I don't mean old guys like people refer to me sometimes these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about church relics uh, at St. John Gualbert Church. The pastor is Father Michael Brzezinski, who had a very large personal collection that is now a permanent part of the church. So um, it is an actual diocesan shrine now, right? Can you just explain the designation there? Because we all know about, for example, the National Shrine at Fatima and the National Shrine at um, for Father Baker's. In fact, if people need a good example of a, of a collection of relics in the museum in particular at Our Lady of Victory, there are several different items that he used and there are several relics as part of that collection as well. Um, uh, but uh, but give us, tell us a little bit about that shrine designation. The shrine designation means there's special graces available. And there's a special indulgence offered to people who make the uh, pilgrimage to the church. And we're trying to be as open and available as possible so that people can enjoy the graces. And you you did give the mass times earlier. Try to remind me at the end of the program. We'll give those mass times again at the end for people. Um, uh, so you're having this series of masses. We talked a little bit about uh, John Newman um, and the mass that's going to be taking place just a few days from now on October 24th. Uh, the next one in line will be in November on the 14th of November, and that, of course, is Kateri Tekawitha. And um, again, another saint, uh, really a local saint. Yes, indeed. She was 
in um, the Lily of the Mohawks, as they called her, was yeah. known um, for her great sanctity, and she was um, basically living a persecuted life to go through, but she continued to practice the faith as best she could, despite being in a basically, at the time, a pagan culture. But did but persevered, and was um, a great example. There are jokes about her that we say in the you know, in the clergy. The um, she's the patron saint of vacations to carry take a week off, <laughs> or the portable scent uh, to carry take it with you. <laughs> That's a the, the last name is as difficult as Paul's names. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. So mm-hmm. you know, it, and and of course, you know, we kind of grew up with it here in Western yes. New York. I mean, oh, yes, especially indeed. if you went to Catholic school, you know, that's one of those saints that you definitely learned about, just like Father Baker, right? Oh, I mean, you, you know, absolutely. Um, and again, I'm a, yeah, I'm sure there that you have a relic of. Uh, do you have multiple relics of many saints? Certain saints okay. were the 1,300. Yeah, I was going to say, there, there must be some doubles, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and in different, like you talked about the classes, so different mostly, classes for mostly those? Mostly first. First, okay. Yeah. The vast majority. Yeah, okay. But certain ones like um, Maximilian Colby, who died in a concentration mm-hmm. camp, the only relics now are vestments that are used, yeah. which are preserved. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of begs the, the question, and, and Maximilian Kolbe is really a perfect kind of maybe example of this. Um, I wouldn't think it's very easy to come across these relics, is it? No. As a matter of fact, there's a story about that. Um, St. John Paul II was a, um, was being shown the wonders of the internet and said, Holy Father, we want to show you the internet, eBay. You can get anything on eBay. What would you like to find, Holy Father, on eBay? He said, sacred relics and found pages and pages of them. At that point, cut off the distribution of relics. Yeah, um, we should probably address that because that's an important point. This isn't a commodity. These are not things that we should be buying and selling. No, they are, um, for Catholics, it's a mortal sin to be selling a relic. But the... um, with this point, um, before you could request relics from the Congregation of Saints in right, Rome, right. but now you would just a letter. But now you have to have a letter of permission from the bishop. You have to have a certification that it will be. They will be publicly displayed. They will be part of an institution. They will not be simply somebody's property, that they would lose them 
up, you know, somewhere during their life. Well, they're an article of our faith, right? Like oh, yes. they're not doing anybody any good just sitting on a shelf or locked in a cabinet somewhere, that's right? A, that's the point too. And the theology of relics even goes back to Scripture with people who wish to simply touch the robe yeah. of Jesus so as to share his power. And we see the same thing with relics. We've talked about the masses uh, for John Newman on the 24th, Kateri Tekawith on the 14th. Um, uh, you know, another, uh, um, depending on who you talk to, as far as the local saints, she's probably three or four, number three or four, depending on where you'd rank her. Elizabeth Ann Seton, she's another yes. one that we all learned about yes. in school. Yeah. And Mother Cabrini, I believe, is Would the be next another one. one. Okay. She was yep. in Buffalo as true. for a time. Yep. So. Tell us a little bit about Elizabeth Ann Seton. Of course, we have a parish named after her Elizabeth in Dunkirk. Elizabeth Ann Seton was the first, founded the first religious order for women in the United States. She was a uh, convert from Protestantism and became a Catholic, founded an order, and was um, basically a teaching order throughout um, in the eastern United States. She also was credited in many ways with the victory at Gettysburg because she prayed with the Union troops to defend the states the uh, the Union States against the Confederacy and offered a special prayer of thanksgiving when they returned to Washington. Her um, her shrine is near Washington. Okay. Um, that mass is the 5th of December. Um, and then you also have on January 15th, uh, Catherine Drexel. Yes. Catherine Drexel was a wealthy woman who decided she wanted to help the Native Americans and so um, founded an order and basically was uh, supportive for missions and schools to serve the Native American community. Her father was a railroad magnet, so he she had plenty of cash on hand, let's just say, and was able to uh, support this work. Was was Daddy happy with how she spent her cash? I never heard anything against okay. it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not familiar with the story, but I I don't remember all the details, which mm. is why I ask. So, yeah. It, um, very fascinating. Well, I mentioned earlier, of course, you know, um, we can kind of see a pattern developing here. And I know this isn't, you're doing these four masses now, but um, you kind of intend that this is going to be an There'll ongoing, be right? So yes. um, did you have a particular, what was your particular thought in terms of these four starting well, here? Well, the addition, yeah, the start right now was what you would expect for American saints. Yeah. Then we might try, I don't know, I have, it, I've seen Jack Walbert's, it was originally a Polish parish, sure. so we may do Polish saints, or 
probably might try and pick saints of various uh, various nationalities, prob- or possibly various religious orders, and see what the um, how that would work too. Now, um, we have thousand. Yeah, you, I was going to say, have plenty to, from which to choose. <laughs> it's going to be more difficult deciding which ones you do than, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's going to be a very difficult thing. Um, now, now look, I'm not putting any pressure on you here at the end of the, end of the program as we talk about all of these saints, but I would like to ask you about your own vocation to the priesthood. Um, uh, you know, I, I, if I, I, it's not surprising as a priest, you might be interested in relics, but how did you become interested in priesthood? Well, it was a long road. I always, I probably had the idea about the priesthood prenatally before I was born, but there were always other things I wanted to do first. I wanted to go to college. Then I wanted to go to graduate school. I wanted to get my doctorate. I wanted to do all these various things. And eventually in my life, I said, I've done it. I'm done with this. I have got no excuses left. And went and decided I did not have a particular vision or anything like that. I thought it would be good for myself. I thought it would be good for others. Did family encourage you at all in terms of um, that? They didn't discourage you okay. about it. I was not one of the ones who was pushed into that, That's what I was going to say. You weren't pushed into no, the seminary. They were though. perfectly yeah, okay. happy that when I made the decision, they were very happy that I did um, well, I, you know, um, you're certainly leaving behind a legacy, at least at St. John Gualbert mm-hmm. Church, that's going to to last a long time. And I did mention we want to have you. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people have come in to see the relics oh, over yes. the past several years, and somebody might be hearing about it for the first time. Want to want to come uh, uh, and, and see them as well. And I would think a great time is when the church is open for mass, right? For mass morning mass is eight and nine in the morning, Monday through Friday, and Saturday morning at eight, and Saturday at four. Basically, the church is open from three to four for okay. confessions. Then Mass at 4, Sunday morning all day, 9, 10.30, and 12. But I have to warn people, the 10.30 Mass is in Polish. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I've had people show up rather surprised. I, you know, I always tell my wife when we're on vacation, you know what, if the Mass isn't in English, I... I pretty much know what's going on, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the great things about the mass. And yes. you know, let me just uh, let me just say because um uh you know, sometimes the the Catholic Church has a represents uh, maybe deserve maybe not a reputation for um people have a misconception that somehow it's a closed thing, right? You got to be Catholic to go there. We we really want people to come and experience oh, yes. our churches, Indeed. right? If you haven't been to church in a while, this is as good a reason to come as any to see these relics, mm-hmm. right? 
And I feel, and Gualbert's, we recently renovated it. So it was repainted. We're back to its original style. It's a glorious church. You will find St. John Gualbert uh, in the Villa Maria area, if you're familiar with where that is. It's uh, near Dote Street on Gualbert Avenue, and uh, Father Michael Brzezinski is the pastor there. Father Mike, thanks for coming in and uh, tell us a little bit about your church and your relics and uh, the masses that are coming up, of course. Uh, uh, There's one coming up just a a week or so, a little more than a week from now on October 24th. It's dedicated to St. John Newman, followed uh, just about every month for the next several months. November 14th, Elizabeth Ann Seton uh, is December 5th. Kateri Tekawitha is on the 14th, by the way. Uh, And Catherine Drexel on January 15th. Uh, And as I mentioned um, uh, already in the program, uh, any more information about uh, the things that we cover here, by all means, go to buffalodiocese.org radio or the namesake of this program, wnycatholic.org radio. Our other podcasts are on there as well. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. The October issue of the Western New York Catholic is now available at your local parish. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 